wish they were the same Faces and names only cause trouble for me Faces and names If we all looked the same And we all had the same name I wouldn't be jealous of you Are you jealous of me? Faces and names I always fall in love With someone who looks The way I wish that I could be I'm always staring at someone who hurts And the one they hurt is me Faces and names To me they're all the same If I looked like you, you looked like me There'd be less trouble, you'd see Faces and names, I wish they'd go away I'd disappear into that wall and never talk Talk, not talk for me Faces and names I'd rather be a hole in the wall Looking on the other side I'd rather look and listen less and not talk To faces and names If I had a breakdown When I was a kid If I lost my hair When I was young If you dress older When you are not As you really age You look the same If we all looked the same We wouldn't play these games Me dressing for you, you dressing for me Undressing for me Me jealous of you, jealous of you Faces and names Faces and names 
Hello, Ink Studs. How's it going, everyone? It's 2 o'clock, and we're studying it up today. Me and Colin in the room. What's the date today, Colin? I'm trying to remember. It's 16th. the 16th today. You're listening to Ink Studs on CITR 101.9 FM on your FM dial and online at CITR.ca. Today we're talking about comics. Well, we're always talking about comics, but today we're talking about cartoons. Uh, more specifically, I guess cartoons would be the wrong context. I guess caricatures? Would that be the right context, Colin? Well, it's not exactly a caricature because nobody... We're talking about the cartoon crisis over the Muhammad cartoons in the Danish newspaper. I don't think caricature would be a correct term because nobody exactly knows what Muhammad actually looked like. It would be a cultural caricature. Yeah. My headphones are really sucking today. Oh. It's very frustrating. Um, sorry for that, people. Um, yes, yeah, so we're talking about the Muhammad cartoons and the controversy that's been surrounding them recently. Um, originally appeared in September. And basically, we want to have a little discussion of what's been going on. We're not really going to go from the perspective of what's right and what's wrong, but more of a sociological perspective. Um, just to cover a couple quick uh, housekeeping things, right before we came on the air, I was playing a little uh, Lou Reed and John Cale from the Songs for Drella album. Uh, the track was Faces and Names, and the Songs for Drella album is a big tribute to Andy Warhol after he died. And I wanted to play that song in particular, because it's kind of about, like, a, you know, anonymity. Everyone kind of being, we'd all get along if there were no faces and names. Mm. So, a little, a little food for thought there. About comics. And you can't do a show about comics if you're ignoring the most controversial comic ever since that episode of Nance, or was it Little Lulu, where she killed... It's a joke. Oh. Yeah, it's the most controversial com cartoon, comic, caricature ever. Now, it's not very often that uh, cartoons make the news internationally. Unfortunately, uh, this is the case. This all began back in 2005 when a Danish children's author, book writer was looking for an illustrator to illustrate a book on Muhammad. The author was trying to build bridges. Uh, ironically enough, between Muslim and non-Muslim Danes. However, they couldn't find an illustrator who would risk drawing an image of Muhammad because of possible retaliation. And a newspaper in Denmark, Jylands Posten, one of the largest circulation newspapers in Denmark, commissioned 12 cartoons of Muhammad a test, basically test this theory, and the results are more than they could have expected. Um, Originally published in September. September 30th, the cartoons were published. Um, oddly enough, on October 17th, 2005, some of the cartoons were reprinted in an Egyptian newspaper that denounced the cartoons, but there were no other repercussions. Three days later, ambassadors from ten Islamic countries complained to the Danish Prime Minister about the cartoons. 
January 10th, 2006, a Norwegian, oh sorry, January 10th, 2005, a Norwegian newspaper reprints the cartoons. Then things start to get a little strange. Complex? Well, what happened was, is that there's this young Danish Muslim scholar, Ahmed Akari, representing a number of outraged Islamic groups in Denmark, toured the Middle East with a portfolio of these 12 cartoons that appeared in the newspaper and an additional, I think, 30 or 40 images of genuine anti-Islamic cartoons and photographs that had been showed up as anti-Islamic hate mail. And uh, this scholar toured the Middle East, showed the character, showed the portfolio to governments, to the head of the Arab League, um, other leading f influential figures in the Middle East, and like I said, they included the twelve. 12 uh, original images from the newspaper, but it also included things like images of Muhammad as a pedophile, images of him committing bestiality, um, Muhammad or bestiality as a pig being committed on him. On him, yeah. Or, yeah, the Muhammad as a pig, which turned out to be. Um, which turned out to be a French comedian in a pig costume at a pig squealing contest. There was a newspaper clipping that Jacques had. Jacques Barreau. That had nothing to do with Islam, but was sent as a piece of anti-Islamic hate mail. So, um, some people think that Akari may have been a dupe for other forces, uh, for other... Uh, for, for other... Uh, Extreme. Extremists. But, in good faith, he went to the government of Denmark to demand an apology, along with other Muslim groups. Then, when he didn't get that, he toured the Middle East with these things, and suddenly these extreme images of Islamophobic images became in the popular mind of many people in the Middle East and other parts of the Muslim world what was printed in the newspaper when they were not. Now, of course, any image of the Prophet Muhammad is frowned upon in Islam. Um... There were images of the Prophet in Islamic art in the medieval, in the Renaissance period, but by the 18th century, generally speaking, pro images of Muhammad in art uh, were just not done. But um, from what I read, from what I've seen, I think the controversy, although it has caused genuine offense to many people in the Muslim world, the extreme violence seems to me to be being uh, manipulated by extremist Islamic groups, by governments in the area, for their own agendas. Now, um, with that, could you also interpret a certain level of cultural frustration when you look at situations with uh, the U.S. Um, invasions of Iraq and Afghanistan, where you're looking at cultures being oppressed by Western dominance, um, Western cowboyism, I guess would be a term we can use, 
uh, cultural imperialism. Cultural imperialism. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, basically, going in and really just just doing what it wants. Uh, we've got situations like the Abu Ghraib prison in Iraq with a whole bunch of new images of that floating around now too. Um, uh, the video of the beatings by British troops in Basra. Yeah. Is it these? People, I think it's a mistake to look at what's going on and simply interpret that as a reaction to the cartoons. This is about a lot of things. Well, that's that's what I'm trying to, yes. like, just to finish up what I'm saying is you've got all this, and then they say, you know, we're not against Muslims, we're not against Muslims, we're against terrorists, and all kind of that stuff. And then out comes these images, um, heretical images, would that be a good term? I suppose. Um, against, you know, the culture. And one can look at it as a kind of, in a, I guess, Marxist standpoint, um, where you've got this bourgeois, bourgeoisie, uh, really like pushing their values and their images, you know, McDonald's, KFC got burnt down in Pakistan, like all these things, and at the same time putting down their own religious culture or what a lot of people are seeing that themselves seeing the religious culture being insulted and it's you know you see this kind of i don't want to use the marxism but it's kind of working for me that kind of proletariat backlash where people are being oppressed and when you keep oppressing people fight back yes well I don't know how oppressed Muslims are in Denmark. No. I know that they are a minority, and and there is an anti-immigrant party that makes up part of the ruling coalition. And then there's France. Yes. With the riots there, you know, with the... I'm trying to remember where the majority of... In the Paris suburbs. No, but they're uh, immigrants from... Oh, North Africa. From, yeah. Algeria. From from French colonies and stuff. Yes. Um... I, I think one thing that a lot of people are dismissing is really the complexity of the situation where you're looking at a lot of different cultures being really severely try to go with well, the Islam, terminology. Islam does feel under attack. I mean, you can look at the Bosnian War where yep. Muslims were the major victims. You can look at Chechnya where the the Russians have been fighting a brutal near genocidal war against Muslim rebels. You can look at the 40-year occupation of Palestine by the Israelis. And which you we can recommend uh, reading Palestine and uh, Safe Area Garajda, both by Joe Sacco to help give some uh, light on it, just to keep it comic-based. Mm-hmm. And, of course, there's the invasion of Afghanistan and Iraq. So, yeah, I can well see why Muslims would feel that they're, being, that they're under attack. On that note, I'm going to put on a little song just to kind of give us a little breathing room and to kind of help collect thoughts because I really wanted to kind of have like an intelligent discourse about this and be able to just see what's happening and what is right, what is wrong and what what should be done to, to stop, I don't know let's just think about it this is uh, Muslim Gods I'm about to play and the track is Tantric Grip and uh, if it's a little noisy for you, I'm sorry but I like this track. <laughs> 
I think images are worth repeating, images repeated from a painting.
some uh, Muslim gauze off the album Farouk Engineer. I uh, made a boo-boo at the beginning and started playing the wrong thing. I got distracted. I'm horrible. I'm sorry. You're listening to CITR 101.9 FM. It's myself, Robin, and my good friend, Mr. Colin Upton, here to talk about comics. Every week we're talking about comics. This week in particular, we're talking about the current Muhammad um, interpretations that have rocked the world. Mm-hmm. R-A-W-K, rock the world. Um, it's about 2.25. If you like to call in, ask a question, uh, make a comment, whatever, it's uh, 604-822-2487. And um, if we don't answer the phone right away, it's because we've been busy talking. Um Colin, you got some stuff to some more stuff to cover. You are the knowledgeable man for today. I have to say, like Colin, when it comes to information, he is a wealth of knowledge. Well, I just wanted to to point out that even though we talk about the Islamic position on these cartoons, on imagery itself, it's um, it's really hard to pin down just one Islam. There, unlike unlike Catholicism. And like Protestantism, there's no actual central authority for Muslims. There are different groups. The best known are the Shia and the Sunni. There's also the mystical uh, Sufis. There's Wahhabis. There's Ismailis. There are many different Muslims. And um, there are other divisions, nationality, tribe, politics, um, there are vast differences in wealth, sophistication, and education. I mean, say between a Muslim in Canada or the Western world, or a place like Egypt or Jordan, is a very different experience from uh, an Afghan peasant, if you, if you see what I mean. Um, Indonesia has a different interpretation of Islam. It seems like there well, are many different interpretations of Islam. One of the few things they agree on is the, the fact that Muhammad should not be depicted. Now, this th- this is mostly for, well, there's an interpretation in the Koran about a, a quote. Um, oh, I shouldn't really go there. I'm not an Islamic scholar. But what I do know is that even positive depictions of Muhammad are frowned upon because of, it could be uh, used for idolatry. And... In more strict Islamic countries, or with the Taliban, or in Saudi Arabia, I believe, images of 
human beings, animals, of living things are not allowed. Now, this is because to try and depict, to create an image of a human being is in a way, from what I understand, to mock God's creation. You are creating something, and so you're mocking God's, God's perfect work. creation. So, depending on how strict your particular brand of Islam is, you don't, you don't even get to draw people. Uh, that's why so much of Islamic art is actually based on calligraphy or abstract organic forms. This is not to say that cartoons do not exist in the Islamic world, uh, cartoons seem to get a, away from this prohibition against drawing people because when you draw someone as a cartoon, you're obviously not trying to make something perfect. You're not trying to recreate the real world, you're doing an, a caricature. So cartooning is actually, political cartoons and uh, cartoons in magazines for children are actually uh, quite widely available across the Islamic world. Educational tools. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of uh, Islamic cartoons are used to teach children um, lessons on how to behave and how to be a good Muslim, basically. Although there is a tradition of critical cartooning, political cartooning in many Arab countries. Some of them actually mock or satirize religious institutions or the way that some people use Islam but they do not attack the prophet and they generally stand away, tend to stay away from mocking the government. Uh, they do spend a lot of time attacking Jews in a very stereotyped and brutal fashion. As can be uh, probably equated in the current Iranian um, project of putting together Holocaust cartoons. Um, one thing I wanted to play to kind of help get context was a uh, video from CNN.com of the editor of the Danish, mag Danish magazine newspaper uh, trying to, you know, basically support why he did that and explain himself. And to added to that, he says he's going to team up, or he, he's already in discussions with the Iranian government of simultaneously publishing the Holocaust cartoons with the Iranian government. Now, my question with that um, is him doing this. Now, I realize part of his reason for doing this is to kind of save face, um, but is he con continuing the cycle by doing this, this cycle of uncomfortableness, of violence, of hate? one might say, especially with Holocaust cartoons. Um, I don't really find the Holocaust a very funny subject. Um, well, it depends how it's handled. I mean, Art Spiegelman did essentially a Holocaust graphic novel. But it's not funny. No. Quite tear-jerking, in fact. Miles, I recommend everyone reading it, because mm -hmm. we're a comic show. Yeah. Um, is it... it What's he, what, what he's doing, Colin, by promising to publish these Holocaust cartoons, especially, you know, being in Europe, do you see this as continuing the cycle, or do you see this as him saving face and he, freedom, I, I, of the, freedom of the press, freedom to 
do whatever the hell he wants. Um, well, I see this w more as a desperate way of finding a way out of mm -hmm. the situation he finds himself in. He has apologized for causing offense, but apparently this has not done anything to uh, to stop the violence. No. See, in fact, it's growing. Just, was it yesterday in Pakistan? Yesterday mm -hmm. or day before yesterday? Yesterday in Pakistan. Uh, Three people. It's hard to keep track of how many people have died in this um, I think it's been at least a couple of dozen in Afghanistan and Pakistan. A Catholic priest was murdered in Turkey, specifically because of these cartoons. Apparently. I did not know about that. Yeah, it's uh, that's been underreported. But uh, if printing the Holocaust cartoons will bring an end to it, I don't know if it will. I um I. I don't know what more can be done. They have apologized for the offense cause, but now it appears the want the what is being demanded is an apology that says that we never should have printed the cartoons in the first place. Which for those of us who do value free speech is problematic. Mhm. Mm now my quite uh, another kind of observation we see this happening with Muhammad. Now, it's not, and I think the West, a lot of Western people like uproar about, you know, the free speech and stuff, but we don't see this happening with, say, the Pope with images of Jesus. Well, strictly speaking, uh, you see in this. Islamic art, you shouldn't have pictures of God or any of the prophets. No, what I'm saying so right now, So there shouldn't be any pictures of Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> that causes offense perhaps. Well, the Catholics have a lot of things to get rid of in that context, and if that's a problem. The Sistine um, Chapel is first to go. Yeah. We go in right there with a wrecking ball. I'll have to find somewhere else to pick their next pope. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a Western culture, we don't... We're, we're supporting and... I don't know. I'm trying to like find the right way of saying this. We, we have the, these images, and it's kind of a Western thing. Where we're like, yeah, this is done freedom of speech, yada, yada, yada. Um, but we're not going to go and make fun of the Pope. You know, Western, you're not going to find any real, you know. And I don't really know the substantialness of that Danish newspaper that it was. it a small newspaper? Was it a big newspaper? I, I understand it was the largest circulation paper. I have heard reports it was the largest circulation paper in Denmark. I have also heard reports that it was a small provincial newspaper. Okay. I mean, there was The Stranger last year when the Pope passed away that was on the cover of The Stranger, uh, him and Terry Sh Shavo racing from the finish line. The lady that was uh, basically mentally gone. and Oh, oh. Yeah. Right. I think it was Smell of Steve that did the cover and uh, mm -hmm. caused quite some uproar. And then our good friend Robin Bougie did some stuff about the Pope, which... Well, we a have conflict. a long tradition of mocking religious figures. But what I'm saying is that we're not seeing... I don't know, it's like, I kind of see like some underlying really Western do imperial dominance of viewpoints that if a major newspaper did something with the Pope, with Jesus, um, 
you know, hey, let's do a contest, see who can do this, 500 bucks for the best, you know, Pope caricature of him doing something inflammatory. You know, I, I think you're going to see some religious figureheads getting pretty upset about that in the Vatican and stuff like that. Usually, I think the Vatican just lets these things slide because they know that in a week it'll all be over. Um, no, I, I, I see cartoons criti critical of the Pope, of the Catholic Church. Uh, the Catholic Church may put out a statement that they disapprove of these things, but uh, that's usually about as far as it goes. Although I understand there is an attempt in the United States to have criticism of the Catholic Church branded a hate crime. Wow. It's going to be a lot of upset lapsed Catholics. <laughs> I think I'm going to play another tune. Actually, no. First, I'm going to play, just to kind of sum up the history of Muhammad imagery, I uh, have this, uh, this thing from CNN.com. Uh, Muhammad then and now, kind of history of the imagery of Muhammad. And then we'll talk some more about Muhammad, CITR 101.9 FM. For many Muslims, the outrage goes beyond the derogatory depiction of their prophet. Experts say the Quran does not specifically ban images of the prophet Muhammad, but you likely won't find a painting of Muhammad in any mosque as opposed to churches where likenesses of Jesus Christ abound. Islamic scholars we spoke to say it's their teachings that have traditionally frowned upon these images, and not just those of Muslim spiritual leaders. Muslims believe that those prophets and messengers have to be honored, have to be respected, must not be insulted, whether they are Muhammad or Moses or David or, or Jesus Christ. But images of Muhammad are found in art museums in New York and Washington. Washington, even at the Supreme Court, where the prophet is carved in stone sculpture right above the justice's bench. The court's website calls this well-intentioned and says it bears no resemblance to Muhammad. Still, this sculpture has drawn protest. One scholar says the general view is these symbols can become a distraction. The teaching says that when you start associating a picture of such symbols, the people will start either worshipping those symbols or selling those symbols for profit, and then the, the, you, your attention becomes diverted from the only supreme being you're supposed to worship, which is God. Two Muslim scholars sought to put the current protests into perspective, saying when the recent movies, The Last Temptation of Christ and The Passion of the Christ, came out, they were banned in several Muslim countries, in part, they say, because it was believed those films insulted Jesus. Brian Todd, CNN, Washington.
CITR 101.9 in the FM dial. This is Robin with Colin talking about Muhammad. It's about quarter to four. We just got a phone call for someone who uh, he equated the, crea- the the publishing of the cartoons. It's like yelling fire in a crowded theater. Um, it's not. You don't think so? No. <laughs> you don't see it as, as 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 I was talking about earlier. The culture already kind of wound up and just really pissed off and you know seeing outside forces coming in i mean you don't really see american forces going and landing in rome like knocking on the vatican's door or something huh i'm talking about western invasion in the middle east yeah i'm just equating it to you know other cultures well if you cry fire in a crowded theater you're probably gonna have people badly injured or killed in the stampede I have to believe that Muslims can choose not to riot. That they have their... They can choose to protest peacefully. I don't think they're some sort of psychotics. (laughs) 
I, you know, I, I you, know, you got to give people credit enough not to act violently. I, I definitely give, I'm not saying that the culture will react violently. I kind of agree in the context that I think there's a lot of stuff happening. I think Western influence is more than it realizes, and it kind of needs to step, take a step back and go, okay, let's just slow down a little. Or maybe you should talk about Bush, you know, policy, that kind of thing. Well, it would be, I think it would be more appropriate if people in these countries were protesting against what the Americans are actually doing. I think they should be protesting against the people who decapitate heads on the internet in the name of Allah. I think they should be protesting against people who walk into wedding parties in Jordan and blow themselves up. I think these are things that deserve condemnation more than some cartoons. Now, this is something that we read about a lot, but do you see that it gets as much attention in, you know, Eastern, you know... I don't really know. Um, because this I, is something I, I don't really know that much about the media in the Islamic world. I do know that some it varies from country to country like countries like Egypt, Jordan, the North African states they tend to have a more open media. Some places like Syria are basically police states. Uh, I know that Al Jazeera has made a big difference for opening up debate and widening debate in in the Arab world in particular. Um, but one of the things that I think strikes Westerners as bizarre is the demand for the Danish government to apologize. Now, the Danish government has taken the position that it cannot apologize for what the newspaper has done because the government of Denmark does not control the newspaper. Mm -hmm. I think that is a principled stand. Um, but I think a lot of people in, in, in countries, Islamic countries, whose tradition of free press is either non-existent or new, they don't. They they seem to believe that if it's printed in the newspaper, the government had to approve it. And, and you can see in uh, the Middle East, a, gov a newspaper in Jordan, I think it was, was shut down. The editor was arrested because they reprinted the cartoons to show Muslims what it was that they were protesting. They were protesting. And that uh, a newspaper in Malaysia was shut down for, for, I believe it was, having a single cartoon in a photograph. And then there's the guy in Calgary um, publishing all the cartoons, but not having any problem publishing them, just not being carried in a lot of stores that just won't carry that issue. Now, the I interesting thing is the stores won't carry that issue, but will continue to carry the newspaper or the magazine afterwards. Well, everything I've said, I do question if it's necessary to reprint these cartoons. I mean, even though I, I do, I am a free speech, I, I love free speech, I do question as to whether or not you really have to reprint these cartoons because it, people, let's face it, people are dying. And 
reprinting the cartoons is going to make the matter worse. The cartoons themselves are available on the internet. It's not like anybody who really cares can't find them. And I find that reprinting them at this point is perhaps a provocation. I mean, you'll notice that a lot of the places that, they're, that they are reprinting them in are rightist magazines, like the Western, what was it, the one in Calgary? I don't know. All I know is it's in Calgary. Western so. Standard, whatever it was. Um, but at the same time, reprinting the cartoons are, is a gesture of solidarity with the Danish newspaper and other newspapers in Europe to, that have reprinted the cartoons as a gesture of solidarity. So, yeah, it's, it's difficult. At one, on the one side, I want to show solidarity. I want to show that free, pre free press means something. At the other hand, perhaps I would step back a little because people are dying. It's hard. Good. It's hard to. to it's. I, I wouldn't want. I wouldn't want to be an editor trying to make a decision like that. I think at this point I'm going to quote Ice T um, from his Iceberg album. Free speech. Just watch what you say. Well, I'd like to quote George Orwell. If liberty means anything, it means the right to tell people what they do not want to hear. Give me liberty or give me french fries. Freedom fries. Exactly. I'm going to play another quick song because I'm thirsty. I need to get a, you know, wet my palate. I'm going to play some Sloan off their first thing, Peppermint EP. It's a uh, pretty voice. I'm not afraid of 
CITR 101.9 FM. I have someone on the phone, and I'm going to see if I can get him on air. Are you there? Let's see if I can get him on. Hello? Hello? Am I got ya? You on air? Hello? Hello? Oh, I think I lost him. Oh. Please call back. He actually had some really interesting points to say. It was a gentleman who was raised a Muslim Canadian. Um, oh, I think I got him back. Hold on a sec. Hello? Okay, hold on. Okay, do we have you? Oh. Do we have you? Yes. Excellent. Sorry about that. So, what was your name? Uh, my name is Tamim. Tamim. Yes. Well, I am Robin. Nice and to meet you. This is Colin. Colin, yes. Nice to meet you. Can you hear it, Colin? Uh, just barely. Okay, they're right in front of you, Colin. There's some knobs there for volume. <laughs> How's that working? Oh, that's better. Excellent. Hello. So, so, we only have about five minutes left, and you actually had some really neat points, so I want to see if you can kind of uh, pass along some of what, what you were saying. Yeah, for sure. Well, first, I just wanted to say, uh, you know, Colin, I really appreciate uh, your viewpoint. Um, you know, the way you sort of uh, phrase the arguments, really thoughtful, and it's really refreshing to see someone in, in, in the West um, that doesn't have an Arab accent able to articulate a sensible viewpoint on behalf of uh, sort of, uh, you know, maybe uh, uh, people as they might see it in the Arab world, because it's, it's just not generally uh, the case. Oh, and, thank you. Um, yeah, and um, you know, I do, you know, I do believe in freedom of uh, speech, and I'm not um, uh, condoning the violence that has broken out at all. Because obviously, violence of that nature is against the Quran. It's just pure and simple, as it's against every other monotheistic major religion in the world. Um, my problem with the cartoons is that they've sort of framed it as a freedom of speech issue, and in the world of freedom of speech, it's such a non-starter, this issue, it's really just an insulting cartoon because uh, anyone who's versed at all with Islamic culture or the Quran knows that this is not generally accepted. Yes, it's true, you might find a point here, a point there, where the Prophet is depicted, but in this day and time, freedom of speech is vital and crucial, and it's something that we're battling for endlessly, because if there was true freedom of speech in the mainstream media, uh, you know, the war would not have uh, a chance to uh, be... Uh, uh, precipitated, you know, it wouldn't it wouldn't occur because it was exactly the embedded media and the mainstream media, Fox News, that was such huge facilitators of the war effort, obscuring the truth, flat out lying about weapons of mass destruction, so on and so forth. So, I think in a place like Denmark, what I was just saying earlier off the air was, you have Danish troops that are actually on the ground in Iraq, yes. and then you have uh, a Danish newspaper that is equating Islam with. Uh, terrorism and the Prophet Muhammad, depicting the Prophet Muhammad, you know, so taking it one step further, not just sort of linking it in rhetoric, but actually uh, making a depiction. And I just don't know what these uh, Western uh, media outlets want Muslims to think. Like, what do they want you to think? You are engaging in an illegal war, which was uh, perpetrated on the part of a faulty uh, mass media system that proved itself to be biased, right-wing, and really under the control of uh, corporatists and government interests. And uh, at the same time, you want these people to accept your definition of your, uh, 
not sorry, not your, but like the Danish, I guess, definition of a very narrow definition of freedom of speech. When if there was true freedom of speech, half the crimes that the current administration of these Western imperial powers uh, wouldn't be allowed to happen because the people knew the truth about what this war was uh, precipitated on and what the true uh, life is for people on the ground. Uh, you know, the the idea of freedom of speech, uh, it, it would be up for discussion. Is there even freedom of speech? How come it's on this issue that freedom of speech rests? Well, re- um, I just w- would point out that freedom of speech does not mean ownership of the media. Mm-hmm. And it is only because we have freedom of speech that we can bring up the fact the 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 facts behind the war, but we cannot the freedom of speech will not guarantee you mass media circulation for your opinions mm-hmm. so well, the for, you, this, uh, for this for this issue though if you if you if you look down uh the line of uh issues that you could argue freedom of speech on. It seems somewhat loaded that it falls on this issue, which, you know, if uh, you can, I guess, justify it. Like, as a Muslim, living in the West, I can understand why papers would want to reprint this, mm-hmm. you know, this cartoon, because it is a news item and it is circulating around. But if you look at the overall issues that the media has had with freedom of speech in general, uh, this issue would seem more in the realm of empty provocation than actually informing uh, a public about and sensitizing them to the world around them, because it doesn't seem that there's much going on to educate Western peoples about the Quran, Islam, the parallels between Islam and Christianity, uh, the history of the Western world and the Islamic world. I don't really see that on a daily basis. But when it comes to an issue where provocation can occur, all of a sudden freedom of speech becomes the the, the, the mantle that people are crying. Well, well to, yeah. a couple of things. I would just say that... Um, uh, just quick, once you're done calling, I actually got to cut us off because right. it's 3 o'clock. No worries, about no worries. That. Speaking of freedom of speech, speech yeah, really hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, Just one or two things. Um, f- for me, freedom of speech does not mean that your speech has to be responsible. Mm -hmm. I believe that irresponsible speech should be protected. It should be criticized, but it should be protected. Mm -hmm. That's my stand on these things. The quality of the speech is not a guarantor of the freedom of speech. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Thanks for coming on the air with us. This, okay. Um, you guys, you know, I just want to say again, though, but I really appreciate the way you guys did handle the discussion. Excellent job. So, Thank Excellent. You. Thank you very yeah, much. We really appreciate would it. sort of approach the discussion with that, you know, brevity, as opposed to sort of just drawing that line in the sand where they're like, well, we're just going to do it because it's freedom of speech. You know, yeah, you that's, really that's, what, the issues, so. that's just what we want to avoid, is kind of make it more of a discussion of what's happening than what should happen. So yeah, thanks for coming on the air, okay. and I hope you continue listening. And, okay, uh, thank you. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening, everyone. CITR, 3 o'clock, Rhymes and Reasons is just about to come up. All the guys are sitting there waiting for me to finish. Oh, they got Straight Outta Compton coming on, too. Snap. I love my NWA. Um, thank you very much, Colin, for all the work and research you did for the show today. Um, up next, Rhymes and Reasons. Next week, I'm very excited, uh, we're going to be interviewing Bob Fingerman. Um, I kind of like the way this stuff works over the phone. I'm going to try doing that more often with people. Uh, up next, we got some Stereo Lab because they're coming to town soon, and I'm excited. CITR 101.9.
Thank you.